good afternoon. It's uh, something like it's 1:46, 12:46. I forget. I just looked, and I already forget. <clears throat> Sometime in the early afternoon. Um, it is the twelfth, the twelfth, twelfth, twelfth of June, and I'm in Ferndale, Michigan, going on a walk. I guess this is Ferndale, or Park, something like that. Last time I had a chat was, uh, about death. And that was before Anthony Bourdain killed himself. It was also before a lot of other people killed themselves. And a lot of other people died. But we don't talk about people on a large scale unless they affected a lot, a lot of lives. And on the one hand, you could think, oh, that's, that's a shame. Everybody deserves as much attention under, not under, that's not what I wanted to say, in the spotlight, I guess, is where I was going to say, maybe that's where I was going with under, under the spotlight, doesn't matter who you are, if you died, you deserve recognition, okay, I guess so, but I think you only deserve, I don't even know if deserve is the right word. I think you only are eligible, maybe that's a better way to word it, eligible for attention. Your, your, de- your death only demands or is eligible enough for enough attention as lives that you affected. What I'm trying to say is, if you were five years old when a bus came by and smashed you because you were playing in the street. Why does somebody in Germany that works at a nice restaurant as a valet kid need to know about your death? That doesn't, that doesn't matter to him. He'd be like, okay, I mean, that's, that's sad for the family, but I, I don't know what to do with this information besides think that that's kind of, kind of a bummer for them. I mean, that's putting it mildly. If I were to die, say right now, just something crazy happens. Some person's car just gets out of control and it comes careening off the side of the road and smashes into me. Who needs to know about that? I mean, nobody in the city really does besides my wife. The people that I had been working with at the grocery store, they might be they might be slightly interested in that. Oh, wow, he, he died? Okay. Whatever. I, I, that's, that's, that's sad. That's, that's, that sounds tragic for his wife, but I don't know what else to say about that. And there's really not much else to say about it. But Anthony Bourdain, he touched a lot of lives. So did Chester Bennington. I think that's Chester Bennington? Bennington? from Lincoln Park. So did Prince. Although Prince is... Yeah, Prince is dead. Um, Michael Jackson. Um, 
various movie stars that have died over the years, the reason that they get the attention or their deaths get the attention that they do is because their lives had the attention that it did. For example, when the Queen of England dies, Queen Elizabeth, that will be a worldwide event. It will be a major thing. She's been alive for 92 years, 93 years, I think, and a queen for more than 50 years. I mean, she's been a queen since she was, I don't know, I don't remember when it was, but it's something like, I think it was 50 years in, in 2003 or something like that. So, so a queen for, I think she's one of the longest, if not the longest reigning monarchs of, of England ever. I think, I would actually be surprised if she wasn't the longest for people to even live into their their 60s <clears throat> was kind of unheard of for a long time. And the stress of the job, she's done an incredible job keeping her a, a cool head and maintaining that position of, of leadership and power. I, I, I don't think I could be a king, an actual king of a country, of an empire for 60 years. I imagine... <clears throat> Once you get into the groove of it, it might become a little bit easier. I, I don't. I have no idea. This isn't really where I wanted to take this conversation. The only reason I wanted to bring up the whole death thing is because one thing I wanted to mention was something that I've not heard anyone talk about, and that's not why I want to mention it. I'm not trying to be. I'm going to be the one to mention it. No, no. I want to put an option out there that's way scarier to me, way, way, way scarier to me as a reason for suicide than anything I've ever heard anyone talking about. What I typically hear when somebody commits suicide is, oh my goodness, we had no idea. Man, especially when it's people that knew the person. You know, I I knew him. I mean, I wouldn't say I knew him really well, but, but we hung out a couple times and... You know, I just, I never, I never thought that, that that kind of a thing would happen with him. I just, he seemed like he was pretty happy to me. Seemed like he had a good thing going. I guess, I mean, it just, it just goes to show that people are able to hide things behind the scenes. Joe Rogan was talking about Anthony Bourdain and saying how he'd hung out with him a few times and yeah, he liked to party. He liked to, to drink his whiskey and liked to smoke his weed and maybe do some other things, but he seemed like he was uh, having a great time and it even said that he was at the happiest point in his life and he was getting to travel and, and had a great girlfriend. He was practicing jujitsu and he was loving life from what people knew. Chester Bennington, and I think people knew that he was, was struggling with some stuff and that he'd had some addiction issues, I, I think. I, I don't want to get that wrong. But, but it wasn't, I guess it wasn't a huge, huge, huge surprise. It wasn't what he did. Are you kidding me? I don't know any of these, any celebrity on any level other than what you read on magazine covers or see on, on Twitter or in the latest news. Oh, so-and-so got married to this person and the blah, blah. I don't know anything about their personal lives. It's not like I go out and have coffee with Bruno Mars and, and, am shooting the shit with uh, 
and Dave Chappelle and go, oh yeah, I, I know what I know what's going on in their lives. I don't know what's like. And then if one of them were to die, commit suicide, I'd go, you know, yeah, I, I knew he was dealing with some stuff, or the opposite end. I, I I had no idea. I think that if I were to commit suicide, people would be pretty surprised. I think my family would be kind of surprised. But at the same time, I don't know how surprised they would be. I don't think my wife would be as surprised as I, as somebody might think. And you might go, well, why is that? Do you seem depressed? No, it's not that. It's that... I don't think she would be surprised or not surprised in that, for that reason. I think that what she would think is... That seems right, in a way, which is a weird, really weird thing for me to say because I have no intention and no desire to kill myself. But if you read some of the things that I write, you can tell that they're... How do I put this into words that make sense? How do I... Hmm, this is difficult. Because when I say this, you think, oh, he's dealing with some darkness in him. Everyone has some darkness in them. But it's not like this darkness is... That's not true. Everyone's darkness threatens to engulf them and, and overtake them. But I, I, I don't feel like I'm fighting a losing battle. I don't even feel like I'm fighting a battle. I feel more like I'm in conversation. It's a constant dialogue with these two sides of myself. And you might say, well, or I might say, let me say, let me put it, let me pose it as a question. Then why would you kill yourself? Would the darkness overcome and beat you? No. And, or maybe, maybe you would. I, I, I don't know. But that, that's not, that's not what would make me at, at where I'm standing right now and everything that I know about life and, and, and everything. Let me put that on hold for a second. People associate the taking of one's life as a negative thing. And I'm not saying that it's a positive thing. All I'm saying is it's a thing. Now, a little while ago, I said that there's an option that scares me way more about suicide than any option that I've heard talk about, talked about, because the things that I've seen on Twitter, the things I've seen online is Anthony Bourdain killed himself and then within pretty much every article is the suicide prevention hotline. If you're struggling and you need someone to talk to, please reach out for help. Please talk to a friend. Please call this number. Please seek a psychologist. Please do something. Don't, don't, let, don't let your life or your loved one spend another day not having somebody to talk to, things of that nature. You're assuming that everyone that kills themselves has been dealing with something, as though this is an ongoing battle, as though there's been an internal war that they've been waging, and every day it's a struggle, and 
I, today I'm going to do it. No, I'm not going to do it today. I, I'll, I'll battle through another day. Uh, today, maybe today I'll kill myself. Uh, I'm going to reach for the, the belt to, to tie around my neck and then loop over the, the door frame and then I'm going to hang myself or the rope or whatever it is. No, no, not today. Uh, maybe today I'll, I'll drive my car off into the, into the ravine or in, into the water below. No, not today. Ah, there's this bridge I'm standing on, and I'm I'm looking over it, and I'm thinking I could just jump, but ah, oh, no. oh, man, and things are so hard right now, and and this, oh, my life, it's just it's difficult, and and I'm it's, everything's so so challenging, and I'm just so tired of of life and the struggles and and the difficulties and and ups and downs and ah emotions. Like, what if it's none of that? What if for some people, they are truly enjoying life? I'll take myself for an example. What if, as I'm standing here, I'm, I'm simply going through life, I'm experiencing it as it is, I'm enjoying it, I love my wife more than anything else in existence on this planet, save only for God, because she is a, a vessel that God has filled, she is a, a creature of God, Without God, she wouldn't be. So for me to love her and not God is kind of a misplaced love, I think. I don't think I know that. It's like saying, I love the tree, but I can't stand the water that gives that tree life. What? That doesn't really work. I just, I, I don't even believe in the water. It's just, I don't believe in water. Okay, well, you don't have to believe in it, but it's there, and that's a significant reason for why the tree's there. Well, I don't believe in it. And as a matter of fact, I don't even believe there is such a thing as water. And you know what else? I don't even think there's soil. I think that tree just is. It can just do whatever it wants on its own. Uh, no. But believe what you like or don't believe, you're wrong. So I, I don't know what else to tell you there. No, I just don't believe in water or soil. Okay, yeah, you made that clear. It's whatever. So I'm enjoying life. I love my wife. I love God. I love the process of being alive. I love the process of learning. I am so grateful. Every prayer that Vera and I give to God whenever we're praying before a meal. Sometimes we pray at night before we go to sleep. Sometimes we don't. It's, a, it's kind of a hit and miss thing, depending on... There's, we don't, we're not dogmatic about the, the nighttime thing. I, I pray before every meal because that's how I was raised, and after stepping away from Christianity for a time and then now coming back to it, I am grateful for the food that is in front of me, and I am showing gratitude to God for, for supplying it, and whenever I pray, I am always thankful of whatever it is that I'm praying about and a few other things. That's all I do when I pray, is it's only gratitude. I never ask for anything. I don't ask for guidance on something because God is going to provide that guidance to me, period. I don't ask for doors to be opened. I don't ask for, for opportunities. I don't, I don't ask or entreat ever. I do that outside of prayer. I am thinking, God, please show me what to do here um, as I go into this situation. 
but at the same time it's it's not really a conscious thought it's sort of a all right here we go for example and i know i'm stepping away from the suicide thing but we'll i'll get back, back get back to that in a moment because i haven't explained what's so terrifying to me I'm tiptoeing my way to that my wife and i left our jobs at the grocery store that we were working at because of a multitude of problems and the CEO of the company and the HR person gal wanted to have a conversation with us to find out why we had left we'd only been there myself a week Vera three weeks what caused us to leave so quickly what, what, what was wrong with the place and they also wanted to potentially try and keep us around retain us CEO said you guys strike me as good workers and I like your vibe and you seem like you have great attitudes I'd like to keep you if we can well you can't I don't think even if you were to offer us $50 an hour all benefits play, paid a company car I would still don't think I'd want to work for you this place is it's it's got problems big 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 problems we put together an entire PowerPoint, you know, it's Google Slides, the same thing, slideshow presentation, <clears throat> over 20 slides long, explaining exactly what we saw wrong with things. We were presented about half of it to them. No, not even half, about a third. Ten, nine or ten slides of the, the total. <clears throat> I didn't have a goal, neither Vera or I had a goal with, with doing that, other than explaining to them the, the issues and, and the shortcomings that we saw. But we weren't trying to get something out of them. It was just, here's the things that we observed, and we're going to tell you what we saw. And we're hoping... At the very least, I guess I guess that's that's not entirely true. We weren't trying to get something out of it other than the company being better than they currently are. We want them to just do better, be cleaner, have a standard, uphold uh, hold their employees to that standard. Just just stop being a, a bad the the uh, not as good of a version as you can. And um there was not a lot of uh, ownership happening. At the end of the conversation, they were saying, well, you know, other companies are failing as well. And, you know, honestly, it depends on what you consider success. And yeah, of course, there's some things that we could do better, but that's true of every place. You know, it's, it's just an ongoing it's a struggle. Okay, yeah, that's all true, but it's all irrelevant. It's entirely irrelevant. It's like being pulled into an office your manager's having a chat with you, and you say, yeah, well, you know, Bob, he takes extra long breaks as well, and, and then Jenny, she she will talk and gossip a lot, and, you know, yeah, sure, I have my problems, but, I mean, they have problems too, and I'm not even mentioning Susan and Becky and and, ba and, and, and Becky's brother that just started, and they, they just go and 
chill and hang out and they'd show each other pictures on their phones and laugh and and then there's that that new kid Jonathan that he's just I mean I don't know he's pretty lazy as well and then there's that uh whatever that that guy Derek who you know he he eats probably more than he should and then and then uh Deborah and 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 Michael you know yeah we're human I mean what are you gonna what are you gonna do that's not what your manager wants to hear. Okay, what, is it, what, is, what does any of that have to do with what we're talking about you? I pulled you in here because there's some issues that we've been having with your work performance, but I, I don't, I don't want to hear about Michael and Deborah and Bobby and Susan and, and half the other store. Like, what? What are you talking about here? All I want to hear you say is, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I really should be working harder, and I, I screwed up. I've... I, I will make those changes. I'm sorry about that. I don't really know what else to say, but I will, uh, I'll examine what's going on with myself and I'll figure out what, what, what I need to do to, to turn things around because I, I want to be a better employee for you. I, I want to be worth the money and time that you are investing in me on an ongoing basis. Hey, great. Yeah, thank you. That's all I wanted. When you pull your son or daughter aside and reprimand them for doing something, hey, no, we don't hit... We don't hit, oh, but he, he, was, he was saying things, and he, he took it from me, and, and I wanted it back, and so, so I had to hit him. No, no, you didn't. Well, he this, and, 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 and then I saw, I saw Jimmy, he hit somebody, so I want to hit too. No, no, that's not how this works. You pull your kid aside, and you say, hey, no hitting, and they go, yeah, I'm sorry. Now go apologize, and you go over there. The kid goes over there, I'm sorry I hit you. It's okay. You want to play? Yeah, I'll still be your friend. Okay, cool. Deflecting and and pointing the finger and scooting away from the blame doesn't help anything. The reason I mention that and how I'm going to tie that back into what I was talking about suicide, if you're wondering, is... I was listening to what I would call God when I was working there and the way that I can word it is God told me through a multitude of ways by seeing all the dirtiness that I saw, by seeing all the uncleanliness things that I saw, by seeing people smoking and having to breathe that smoke because the smoking area is right next to the food cooler and to get to the food cooler I have to walk directly next to the people that are smoking. I mean, I I could reach out and touch them because that's how close they are. As soon as I encountered those things and a multitude of other things, call it my gut reaction if you want, or as I do, call it God, that said, this is not a good place to work. And I said, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's not a good place to work. You need to leave. Yep. Yeah, I definitely do. This Saturday is going to be your last day. Okay. I don't have a job lined up after this. But, um... I I trust that this is going to work out. I I know it will. I don't know how. But I know it will. So, here we go. Hey, so-and-so. Saturday is going to be my last day. Don't put me on the schedule beyond that. What? Yeah. I'm done. I can't work here anymore. What? What? Why? You just started. Well, 
I uh, can't work for a company that respects me significantly less than I respect myself. Oh. Uh, okay. All right. And when I do those things, after Vera and I left that meeting and we showed them that slideshow, Vera said, I feel light. And I knew exactly what she meant because I was feeling the same way. I felt like I was on a, a cloud or floating through space and time and just sort of, just I just was, I was being, I was completely in the moment. And that's only possible when I speak truth. And it's something that I have found to be somewhat scary, but also oh so rewarding every time I do it. Every time I step out into that unknown and follow honesty and I'm true and I'm not trying to coerce somebody into something. I'm not trying to be sneaky with anything. I'm just being honest. It always works out. Rarely in ways that I can anticipate or expect, but it works out. Every time. And... So this brings me back to what I was saying a moment ago, that I don't think God would ever ask me to kill myself. But what if he asked me to... What if he asked me to put myself into a position that would lead to my death? And what if that happened over the course of two hours? And I'm wondering if somebody that... When they, I'm wondering if, let me try this again. I'm wondering how often it happens that somebody kills themselves and the friends and family of that person are just dumbstruck. They have no idea. And there's really no way, unless the, the, the person that killed themselves left a note or a reason for it, for the family to know in some cases. Now, that's not always true. There are going to be those cases where, yeah, he was suffering with depression for a long time. He'd actually tried to kill himself a couple of times and it just we were able to get to him in time and the doctors saved him. Yeah, there's those stories. But then there's the other stories, I don't know how common they are, where the people just don't know. I have no idea. He never didn't leave a note. Is it possible that that person left life happy and fulfilled? One day they woke up and completely happy had no thoughts of suicide. None at all. They're sitting there, they're eating their morning breakfast, sipping a cup of coffee, say goodbye to their wife and their kids, and everybody goes their own way for the day. They're sitting at work, and they read something. They like their job. It's a great job. They, they love their co-workers. Everything, there's nothing wrong with their life. I mean, other than minor little things that happen, but they're, they're, they're emotionally and mentally stable. This person is, is good. But then they read something one day. It's in a book, and just something comes together. This piece falls into place with that piece, and this gear turns, and that gear turns, and just all of a sudden they just go, oh, I get it. This is where I end my life. This is, this is it. And they go outside and they, they go to their car and maybe they get a, a, a hose and they pump the 
exhaust in so that they breathe that and die or maybe they drive off of a bridge or maybe they just go drive somewhere and then jump off a, a cliff or maybe they have a gun in their glove box that they kept there for safety reasons and they sit in their car and they just put the trigger to the head and they're they're fine they're not upset they're just going this is this is it this is where my life stops and they pull the trigger or they jump that seems way more scary to me than it being a a slow tumble down a tunnel into a eventual pit because I wonder what would it take for that to happen to me what what would I what would be the, the the magic words if it were that I might read or that somebody might say or where where could it possibly happen where I just go yeah my wife and the kids that I have assuming I had kids at the time this is actually the best thing for them you might think oh well how could that be the best thing are you being cruel to them are you beating them no no what if for them to flourish and for them to grow beyond where they're at, they need me to die. What if my existence, my continued existence in that situation, is holding them back from being their full potential? Sort of like a muzzle on a dog or, or a cage to an animal. What if my death will free them from that cage? You might say, well, you should just free them from that cage. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be the muzzle on them. No, 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 no. What if I'm doing everything I can to encourage them to go and beyond, and and it's a great family. Now, what I'm saying probably clashes with people's mental understanding on, on a lot of levels. They're thinking, well, if you're a great father and a great husband, then how could it possibly be that your continued existence would be a detriment to them? That just doesn't make sense. That just, that just doesn't make sense. Well, a lot of things in life don't make sense. I'm not saying this is how it is. I'm not saying this is how it should be. I'm saying, what if sometimes, now and then, this happens? And what if sometimes, now and then, that's how it's supposed to be? And what if, at some time, that's what would happen to me? I, wouldn't, I don't think I would be leaving the earth happy or thrilled about this. I think I would be fairly sad. I would think, man, I, I kind of wanted to hang around a little bit longer. I wanted to see them grow up. I, 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 wanted, I wanted to see my, my wife, and I wanted, I wanted to be with her, and I, I wanted to hit that 50-year anniversary, and I, I just I thought more things would happen. And, well, you know, I, I guess you don't always get what you want, so it's time for me to bow out here. I don't know. I don't know. But that's the the thought that scares me. Way more than seeing it coming and and struggling for years and and battling with depression. It's the sudden onset, the immediate, oh, light clicks above your head. Aha. Yep. This is my time. I I need to go. That's, That's the best option. That, that's the one that, that freaks me out. Not even so much for myself, because I think I would be able to say, wait a second, hold on. But, but then, that, that, again, that's, that's assuming that, that death and leaving the planet is a bad thing. What if it's not? What if at that time, that is 
the absolute best thing. It seems scary right now from the perspective of wanting to stay alive, but at the time it would it would not be any more scary than opening a door and walking through it to get to the other side. It would be as simple as that. I don't know. It's just an option that I've not heard anyone talk about. It's one that I... Uh, I'm not sure what to make of. I guess the reason I got there is because reading about Anthony Bourdain's death, I was thinking, what if he really was actually truly happy? And what if he got to a point where he thought, you know, I've been to pretty much everywhere in the world. I've seen more than 95% of the world's population will ever see, even with the help of YouTube and the internet and books. I've actually been to those places. I've been to, I don't know how many countries he's been to, probably 100, 200? I mean, pretty much all of South America, Canada, pretty much, if not every state of the US, most of Europe. I, I imagine he was pr went to almost everywhere in the world, all over Asia. I mean, other than maybe North Korea and a, and a couple other really hard or dangerous places, I, I think he was everywhere. So what if he just woke up one morning and said, hey, yeah, this is a good spot. I'm happy, I am happy, and I want to end my life on a happy note. I don't want to grow old and, and be withered and, and have a walker and, and poop in a diaper and be pissing into a bag that's attached to my side. And I, I'm a blue belt in jujitsu. I, I won a medal in my, my tournament. I've got a, a great girlfriend and, you know, yeah, she's going to be sad, but she'll find somebody else. It'll be fine. It'll, it'll, it's, it's part of life. Death is a part of life. So I'm going to. I'm going to take off. It's like, it's like saying that everyone that leaves a party should stay there for all time. I heard, I don't know who it was. I, I want to say it was Christopher Hitchens, but I don't know about that. He said, which is worse? Whoever it was that said this. If it was Christopher Hitchens, then he deserves the credit for this. But if it wasn't, then I, I don't know who does. Somebody said, which is worse, having to leave the party or being stuck at the party for all eternity and never being able to leave? And part of what makes seeing your friends so fun and, and welcome and nice is because you haven't seen them in a little while. And that means that they sometimes have to go away. I mean, everybody that leaves a party doesn't need to leave because they've caused problems. And, uh, hey, Jim, you, you know what? Every time you show up to my place, all you do is smoke and throw the, the cigarette butts in the sink. And you're always causing problems. And you're hitting on other guys, girls. Look, you just got to get out of here. I'm, I'm sick of your shit. Whatever, man. Fuck you. Yeah, well, I'm going to see you at work tomorrow. We're going to have a chat about this because I'm, 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 I've had it up to here. Get out of here. Leave. If that's the equivalent, if kicking somebody out of the party that way is the equivalent of what somebody goes through when they're leaving life because they're struggling with things, well, wouldn't it be a whole lot better to say, hey, John, it was so nice to see you. All right, man, well, I've got to take off. I've got work in the morning. All right, dude, well, I'll see you around. Okay, yeah, I don't know when that's going to be. 
because actually today was my last day at work. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Haha. <laughs> well, you know what, man? Good luck on your next adventure. Okay, dude. Thanks. See ya. Bye. And then you leave. You got smiles on your face and you give each other a big hug and off you go. Who dies like that? Not many people. Not that I know. And you might think, boy, that's morbid, Del. What, people are just supposed to get to a certain point and then just give their family friends and hugs and then just peace out? I don't know. What would that world be like? What, what would that world be like? What would it be like if you picked a day that if you hadn't befallen some sort of tragedy that when you were 65, you would go to the edge of the forest and you'd hug your friends and your family and you'd strip down to, say, a pair of underwear and then you would just wander off into the woods. And maybe sometimes people's bodies would be found, maybe they wouldn't. But that's what happened. Or they were set off into the desert somewhere. And it was a happy, warm exit, like leaving a party and there they go. They're gonna, they're going off to die in their own way. Maybe some people will linger on a little bit. They'll find some berries and some things to eat for a little bit. Maybe other ones will just sit down or lay down or smack their head on a rock intentionally and then just never wake up again. I don't know. I don't know what that's like. Just, just asking questions and thinking out loud here. All right. Well, I didn't mean for this to be a really morbid thing. And I hope you don't hear it that way. I hope you hear this as somebody that's asking questions and doesn't have answers to these questions. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, really, I, I don't. But I love life. I love what I've been allowed to experience of it. And I love you.